0: Mike and yeah, the y'all are playing some games You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B Mike and yeah, the y'all are playing some games You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name
1: Everybody and welcome to the RHAP BNB for episode 6 of Survivor Winners at War. Holy moly, what a week inside Survivor, outside Survivor. We are here to break it all down in the most B&B way possible, which is to say, dancing around the topic, sometimes embracing it, but usually, you know, going for the crust of the peanut butter and jelly sandwich rather than the innards most of the time. Let's bring in this panel because I'm so excited to break everything down from this Double Tribal Council. First, the co-owner of the B&B, Leona Boris. Liana, how are you?
2: It has been an insane week for me personally, but that being said, I've got my peanut butter here and in the spirit of the episode, I'm ready to, I don't know, barter for something. What, <laughs> what do I have in sequester that I can barter? I have a lot of chapstick. So if anybody wants to barter for some chapstick, I'm, I'm down.
1: I feel like unless people are really washing their lips as part of a disinfectant routine, that's when you can really sit on that. Otherwise, I don't know <laughs> if it's as much of a hot commodity as something like hand sanitizer or even hand lotion.
2: That's a good point. That's a good
1: point. <laughs> well, we are excited. Maybe you're going to find a possible buyer here in our guest. We're so happy to make this person's RHAP and b debut and RHAP Debut in general, uh, she is a writer, actress, comedian, extraordinaire. You might know her from her work at UCB on Broad City, on the Chris Gethard Show, on Wet Hot American Summer. The list goes on and on. You can make an entire advantage menu of her resume credits. We are so happy to welcome Nicole Drespel to the B and B. How you doing, Nicole?
3: I'm I'm good. It feels like that's the polite answer, but also a crazy thing to say right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Anybody who says, no, oh,
3: yeah, no, I'm good. I'm fine is lying. Right. Right. I'm whatever the new social nicety is. I'm inside. That's what I'm doing.
1: (laughs) Oh, I like that. Just turn it into an an adjective. The new adjective is I'm inside. Right. And plus, it it,
2: it can't really be wrong. Right. Unless I guess you're not outside. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Uh, But I'm
1: happy to be here. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. Before we get into anything with Winners at War, Nicole, all of our new guests, we sort of uh, have them give their own Survivor origin story. So obviously, we know you are a fan, hence why you're here. But how long have you been watching? When did you start? And what has kept you watching this show day in and day out?
3: So like a lot of people, I watched the first season and then stopped for a bit um, and didn't start again until wrong. Uh, Because I was living with my boyfriend and he's a big Survivor fan and I was sort of peripherally aware of it. And that was the first season that I watched live since the first season. Um, And then immediately went back and watched almost every season on binge in like a year um, because I was very underemployed. And as a person who writes for TV, and I will say this to anybody interested in fiction writing, um, Survivor is the perfect Binge show because it's narrative, it's character development, it's suspense, but you don't watch it and think like, "Oh God, why aren't I working?" Um, so it <laughs> very uh, it served multiple purposes for me.
2: Huh? What was it about Co rong Was there something unique about the season, or just like, "Oh hey, yeah, I remember Survivor." Yeah. Did you just,
1: Did you just love Kyle Jason that much, <laughs> yeah, Nicole, that you're you know, like, "I got to see if there are more of these guys." Yeah,
3: I need to. I need to know how this guy does. Uh, no, I think it was timing is why I watched it with my boyfriend mm. and it was Aubrey like mm-hmm. as a nerd woman watching I was like oh my god nerd women do well on this show <laughs> oh it's a good because I, I do think her arc and going back and re-watching it now I appreciate Michelle's game so much more um but watching I was like oh this game is about being allowed to use your social skills to further yourself at other people's expense this is fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh,
2: what about uh, Thai and the chicken? I'm sure that was also just so incredibly captivating.
3: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's so much in that season.
1: <laughs> yeah, there really is. I actually think like I know that a lot of people say like, oh, I want a modern day season to watch. And I think a lot of people suggest something like Kagayan or even skipping ahead to something like David versus Goliath. But I don't know. I've always been a stalwart supporter of Survivor Co-Wrong, uh, controversy included. So I'm I'm all for that as well, Nicole. I think Co-Wrong, it probably was bananas watching just all these people get medically evacuated and then realize that is not the norm. You just assume that every season has like a quarter of the cast taken out for different reasons.
3: Right, right. Well, it's called Survivor. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> I, you know
1: what? That's
2: cr-
3: I forgot that that
2: happened. Like, Wow, that was a really insane season. I, I think Ko Rong is one of those that stands out in my mind as like over time as being so much better. So I like I can understand why that would be captivating.
1: So that being said, here we are years later, I guess, four years later, uh, since you re emerged into the Survivor bunker, as it were. And here you are Survivor 40. Not only do we have the aforementioned winner, Michelle Fitzgerald, she's joined by several, several more players. What have been your thoughts about the insanity that has been season 40 so far, Nicole?
3: I started it from such a low point. So I've been enjoying it since week one because Natalie Anderson is my favorite winner of all time. Mm. And that was a bad night for me. I may (laughs) be overreacted and potentially uh, Adam has been judged more harshly since that time uh, for me. But since then, I've been enjoying it very much because I, I do think I watch Survivor from an overly invested in certain people place. Mm-hmm. And so I now that Natalie is like safely on edge, doing relatively well on edge, I can uh, relax a little bit and just let the game play out. Yeah, she's the
2: billionaire over on the edge. Yeah, she's right. Getting- She's gotten like all the tokens, except I guess for the one in this episode. But she's doing quite well for herself. And also, like, I totally get being emotionally invested. So Kim Spradlin is my favorite player. And I think if she had been voted out first, which it was she was very much in danger, I would have emotionally reacted as well. So (laughs) I get it. I totally get it. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: And now you can just see them sort of go on little scavenger hunts on a different island to sort of get your dose like like on said, unfortunately this was not a big week for Natalie I feel like every other edge of extinction episode has been big on Natalie time but I think as more and more people show up uh, the four women of this season's edge of extinction might appear less and less but that being said she's still flush with cash when it comes to fire tokens I think uh, Michelle has the most right now Natalie might have the second most or even tied for that so yeah her net worth has skyrocketed even if her actual placement in the game uh, between her two seasons has plummeted
3: yes exactly and i do think edge content is just going to be dominated by who gets the fire token that week
2: Mm. yeah that's a good point because i guess that's the story right (laughs) like it's not really a story if somebody's just sort of chilling hanging out not doing much
1: uh what do you i mean i mean look at like uh ethan with the log stuff that was a huge story for him and then like nothing this episode right, right. to the point where he had to post a, a jokey video of editing himself into the edge of extinction footage so to your point yeah i think it really depends people have been of course looking out for like the winners at it and whether once again someone will return from the edge of extinction and win but honestly i feel like when it comes to airtime when you're eliminated it's just are you important to the content that week sure then we'll show you if not, then like you can just hang out for the week.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Nicole, what do you think about the edge of extinction twist in general?
3: Um, I am fine on it. I, here's what I like about it. I like that if you're willing to tough it out, you can be on jury. I think that that's interesting. The getting back into the game. uh, I don't know. I'm neutral. I'm true. Neutral. Uh, I think I like it more on a returner season because you still get to see personalities you like. Mm-hmm. But as a, a twist itself, I'm neutral. Like I guess the game has to change at different points, but it, it you know what it's not that different from Redemption Island, which we all lived through.
2: <laughs> yes, that we all lived through. I can't
1: imagine I can't imagine you going back and rewatching these seasons because again, like we experienced the period of Redemption Island in real time. So we to go back and be like okay i'm humming along wait why did they do this and why aren't they doing this anymore and then you sort of got to see the own evolution of survivor of them trying things out realizing it doesn't work and then promptly going back to the drawing board afterwards as if to sort of erase it from history
3: yeah exactly because i watched chaotically i don't watch and think like oh this is a bad evolution in the game i'm just like oh i guess this is a thing they do sometimes Mm -hmm. what season am i I on i have no idea (laughs) so i think that's Maybe why I can take Edge with a grain of salt more because, yeah, it just reminds me of that.
2: Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's another thing that Survivor's trying. Like, sure, let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Exactly. Well,
1: and I mean, another advantage of Edge, as you mentioned, Nicole, is that we get to see if it happens to be that, I don't know, two legendary players both end up leaving in one episode, one of which in an extremely chaotic fashion, one of the most bombastic moves we've seen in the show's 20 year history that means we still get to see them for the rest of the season in whatever capacity because this was a wallop we hadn't seen a double tribal council in quite some time uh, a pre-merge in survivor but they proved to pack quite a punch we'll certainly get into the poverty of it all that was a much more straightforward vote but man the this whole Sandra vote has been dissected to bits over the course of this week, but I'm sure we all have thoughts as to just the craziness that went on and that absolutely brutal yet shocking ending.
3: I know I um I have actually not absorbed any content about this episode, uh, even though I've been locked inside. I've been uh, doing other stuff, so I'm very curious what the takes are because I'm going into this with just my own opinion, which it sounds like might be different from a lot of other people's.
2: I Well, so I think for me, my gut reaction was, oh, no, what are you doing? Uh, Because I was like, she wants to work with you. Why would you take out Sandra? But at the same time, it was so exciting. It was such a freaking power move to not only steal her idol and then, I mean, steal trade, I guess, barter, if you will, Um take the idol to play it on herself for Denise to play it on herself, to vote out Sandra, be the only vote to vote out Sandra and have the insurance plan of playing her own idol on Jeremy was such an insane baller move, but whether or not it was actually good for her game, I don't know. I'm really up in the air about it because on one hand I would say you're, you could work with Sandra. What are you doing? Why don't you take out Tony? You can work with potentially them moving forward, but I think she must've thought that she had a stronger connection potentially with Kim and maybe with Jeremy and they can pull in the plurality I don't know but it made for great TV that's what I will say
3: I I love the move sorry Mike you go
1: no 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 absolutely I want to hear from you
3: I love this move Um, I think and I will say as a person who also loves Sandra and didn't want to see her go home ever um, I will watch her on my TV alone on an island every week I don't care I love it because I think the fact that Denise was willing to send Sandra home means that it wasn't that tight a bond. And Sandra did say to her, you can take out anybody except me and Kim says like, Oh, there's a strong bond between you and Kim. If I take out Tony, which you're asking me to do, I come back to this Island two and two against a very strong two it Mm -hmm. makes sense to take out sandra who is maybe linking tony and kim rather than take out tony on sandra's behalf especially if it seems like sandra didn't necessarily want to work with denise she just would rather tony go home over denise so i'm here for this move i don't know that it wins denise the game but i think it at least changes the paradigm around her which is denise we should get rid of you because you're not a threat
1: right and i or this idea of like well we don't want to work with denise because like what will she bring to us you know what what's sort of her role to play in the alliance and she could say like i'm capable of doing big things Uh, i think a lot of people have said that you know in her first season she wasn't necessarily known for making the quote-unquote big moves mantra substantial in Survivor Philippines. But she played a very strong game, in my opinion, by just being that reliable person to lean on in any alliance. And to a certain extent, I actually feel like she was able to do so here. You know, she has the airtight story where, I mean, Sandra even told her, don't tell anybody that I gave you this. She could just say, hey, I happened to find this on the path this morning. I think she actually might have said that uh, when she played the first idol of, okay, yeah, I was just, you know, I was doing some searching this morning and I happened to find it. The second idol, you know, I, I think that's going to be the one that bears out. I think if she does end up becoming the immediate target on her tribe, then we can sort of look at it in retrospect and be like, okay, that was unnecessary. But I love the point that you brought up, Nicole, in terms of just the idea of taking out Sandra and making sure you don't face a 2-2 split when you uh, when you get back, because as Jeremy has literally just shown in the vote, he is more than willing to vote against Denise if it means uh, keeping him ar- keeping himself around. Now she has that leverage too of being like, hey, I played an idol on you, much like Jeremy had himself at Stephen back in Cambodia. And I also wonder, you know, Tyson talked about this a couple episodes ago in his boot episode about going after Sandra because he said, you know, she is a big target because she's a self-proclaimed queen, and she has $2 million in the bank. You know, that's going to be a head that everyone wants to claim. And so I do wonder if Denise could sort of use the particular boot of Sandra as sort of like a rally around the flag effect of, hey, like, we got rid of one of the biggest names in the game. This opens things up significantly for all of us. She could even broker some trust with tony by being like hey just so you know sandra wanted me to vote you out uh she wanted me to get rid of you specifically so he would feel you know i guess more beholden to listen to her and feel a little less trusting in sandra posthumously i think there's a lot of options for her moving forward i also wonder how much she thought that a merge was imminent because it actually looks surprisingly like next episode we're not going to get one and it might be possible that Denise could have screwed herself by making this big move, thinking the merge was the next day and she could sort of reshuffle the deck when that's far from happening.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about um the uh, so. So, of course, there is the narrative that the editors are telling us as in terms of the connections that everybody has. But. I do like the point again I think Nicole you made this about okay well let's read between the lines of what truly are the connections that we're seeing out there and if Kim and Sandra are closer than we thought because originally my prediction was Kim is going to flip on Tony and Sandra and is going to go with the Jeremy and Denise pair so oh maybe that's actually not the case and Kim feels more comfortable and it's okay with Sandra in that case then yeah like I think that that totally makes sense to take out Tony although my one other concern is if Sandra is legit going to be on the jury. Sandra is, man, she's going to come for Denise. Like, I can imagine Sandra potentially being bitter and really poisoning the jury, potentially, against Denise. But, you know, it's it's still so far from the end that I feel like that's maybe looking too far ahead. But it's something that definitely popped into my mind.
1: But That's tough, though, because Sandra's never been on a jury before. So we don't know firsthand, to your point, Liana, if she is the person that's going to come in and be like, you betrayed me, so I'm pissed off at you. Or if she's going to be like, game respects game, I tip my cap to you. Uh, But I agree, it's going to be very interesting to see how her and Rob both react, assumingly being part of a jury.
3: Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see. Um, I also want to go back a second to talk about the Jeremy Idol play. Mm hmm because I do also love that only because one of the idols that Denise has is a free idol. It dies next week. And mm-hmm. if Sandra's lying to her and Jeremy is actually the target and Denise protects herself, plays the idol and write down, da- writes down Sandra's name and then goes back to the beach mm-hmm. with Tony and Kim and Sandra, none of it was worth it. I think mm-hmm. for insurance, she has to play both idols. Because all, you, yes. you can't half-ass this move. You die yeah. if you half-ass this move.
2: Yes. Oh, 100%. I totally agree. That was the thing was like, okay, if you're going to go for it, you better freaking go for it, you know, like play both idols because that is truly your insurance policy. Even if Denise was the target, you still get a split vote. Like, let's say that that group of three does a two one, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like. And, and then I don't know what Jeremy is doing. Maybe he, we get a 2-2. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Uh, it was too early for math. But the point is, is that you can protect yourself against anything that might go awry because you've saved both of you. So yeah, I, I totally agree. I think she, if she's going to do it, she
3: had to play both. Yeah. And it also says to Jeremy, like, "E, sorry, I didn't tell you about this. But, yeah. you know, clearly I am looking out for you as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the question is, how much does Denise reveal sandra's plot next episode because i feel like that would be a great way for her to wash her hands if there is any ill will of like just so you know sandra was planning all this behind all of your backs and i was the one that decided to take her out because i wanted to sort of proceed with all of us united i think that again could be a sort of interesting way to bring in people who initially might be blanching what you just did taking out one of their closest allies on the tribe yes for sure
3: oh and I think the Kim thing from two weeks ago also might be setting up Kim considering not sticking with Tony mm. okay so it's right,
1: like it, in the future exactly well, even this, even this episode with the whole like spy shack stick shenanigans like she when he comes out she's like brushing him and calming him down like he's some sort of like embattled horse right she's whispering to uh and it it does really seem like she's you know for someone who does play very calm cool and collected she's growing more and more concerned of having to work with this man who just runs off at a moment's notice and goes playing hide and seek in a game that nobody realizes they're actually playing for an entire afternoon
3: yeah you've got to figure that kim has like island trauma from having to herd lunatics and so the last (laughs) thing she wants is to have to play that game on a winter season
1: Right, she sort of is like the grandparent who, like, you know, was taking care of the crazy toddlers back in her day. And yes. now, like, she has grandkids and they're just as crazy. She's like, oh, man, now I realize why I, I didn't want to do this again. Yep, th- yep.
2: they're they're crazier, though. If 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 one world was hurting lunatics, this is hurting lunatics, but hard mode. Because Tony, of all people, Sandra, even, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's just it's so challenging. And Kim just being exasperated and the confessionals being like, this is who I'm in bed with, you guys. <laughs>
0: i yes. can't believe
2: this like tony is exactly. insane
1: oh my god well i'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about with uh the sandra boot but let's start getting into one of our first segments here on the B&B. so our preseason predictions, for those of you that might not remember, before the season, Liana and I wrote down a bunch of predictions as to how we thought each person was going to do. We didn't make any sort of uh, finish predictions because obviously it seems like we're going to have a 17-person jury this season. But we still had plenty of thoughts as to how these 20 winners would do. Let's talk about the, uh, the person that, uh, you know, while Sandra obviously and understandably got the, the brunt of our discussion here, let's talk about Parvati getting booted pre-merge for the first time in her Survivor career. Liana, how did you think Parvati was going to do preseason, considering she was A, one of the bigger names coming in, and B, had taken a 10 year hiatus from Survivor?
2: Okay, so I had predicted for her that she was going to find an idol at an immunity challenge she starts the Black Widow 2.0 alliance with Michelle, Danny, Denise, and Kim, and then I wrote in parentheses a girl can dream, can't she? So I think that was more wishful thinking than anything else. Uh, But then I also said that she would briefly build a quote, dumbass guys alliance with Ben and Adam. She would have a total of 123 fire tokens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, 21 confessionals. Her allies would, of course, be her black Widow parade 2.0 and her enemy would be adam so maybe Ooh. that last one is the only thing close to being correct
1: wow so i would not have imagined that parvati would take lessons from of all people russell hance <laughs> as to who to build alliances with
2: it's my dumbass ass gaz
1: <laughs> oh my goodness well so i had parvati i said uh she's surprisingly not targeted early on though she's not brought into any sort of alliance I said that she would, and this is, I guess, still TBD, that she would win one of the Edge of Extinction returnee challenges, but then get voted out soon after. A bit Mm -hmm. of, like, the Matt Elrod revolving door. And I'd say she receives the most votes against her this season, which... Actually, she might have the most votes against her right now, but that's TBD. I said she'd have two fire tokens to finish the (laughs) season. 20 confessionals. I know, a little... We were close in numbers. Uh, Her closest ally would be Ethan, and her worst enemy would be Natalie. Because I feel like Natalie who obviously we predicted, much like Nicole hoped, to last much longer in the game proper, would sort of want to buddy up with the guys and I think would be threatened by anybody else who has the capability to do that. And I feel like Parvati sort of fills that role as well
0: hmm.
2: Yeah, I could see that. It's going to be interesting to see how they all interact on the edge of extinction. I'm actually, dare I say it, excited to see the edge of extinction footage this week. I mean, adding two queens with Sandra and Parv, that's going to be uh, very entertaining, I think.
1: I just can't wait for when Danny, Ethan, Boston, Rob, and Parvy are all standing on the island being like, what the hell went wrong here? Be <laughs> yeah. on, it's, it's very much Big Brother 20 when Fauté all saw each other at the battle back competition and we're like, why are we all here? We're so stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Like, we turned on each other. Damn it. Like, how did this happen?
1: Well, let's go to the queen, dethroned queen, Sandra Diaz Twine. So I thought preseason that Sandra was going to throw out at least one rogue vote to confuse the tribe, which I guess she technically did, even if she wasn't the one casting the vote and the vote was against her. I said she would get voted out surprisingly post swap Hmm. Uh, and that she finds at least one advantage on Edge of Extinction and becomes the shrewdest seller in the cast. I said her closest ally would be Nick Wilson. Her worst enemy is Officer Sarah. She gets four fire tokens to finish the season and twenty-seven confessionals total.
2: Okay, so yeah, okay, twenty-seven. Because so I was going to say, but if she goes pre, like after the swap, but I, I mean that makes sense with the edge yeah, of extinction.
1: I, mean, I, I was just thinking. I guess I maybe I have like Survivor thirty-nine echoes ruminating in my Mm -hmm. head but just like thinking about all the random confessionals she and rob would get like i'd imagine if they cut to the edge of extinction and she's involved in a lot of the brokering that as we mentioned before she would get a lot of confessionals Mm -hmm. of just you know talking about experiences on there
2: yeah that 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 makes sense so nicole you said that you're a big sandra fan how did you think that sandra was gonna do oh i thought she had no
3: shot okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) only because you can't i well i think i i think a thing with survivor is what's your character type? What's the best version of your game? And do the circumstances align with that? And I think the best version of Sandra's game that also aligns with her character type is I'm on the bottom, anyone but me. And once you've won twice, you can never play that game again. Mm. So it was basically like, she's going to have a target on her back from the very beginning. Like certain big players, it was like, oh, love to see you here. You got no shot.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that being said, because we talked about this for the past few weeks, uh, believe it or not, there was a period of time in this season when people were like, why aren't people targeting Parvati and Boston Rob and Sandra? And here they go all out all out in a roll row. I mean, do we give these types of players kudos for making it as far as they did, considering the bounty that was in the, on, on their heads coming in?
3: Yes, absolutely. With any vote that they uh, any any vote that they survived is basically a win. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's interesting
2: because there's the dichotomy between do I vote them out because they're such a big player or do I use them as a shield? And I think where that equilibrium lies is pre-merge, but around the swap. <laughs> so yes, exactly. You keep them, yeah, you keep them for a couple of votes because they're your shields, but then eventually, back to back to back, you know, we see all these people voted out. It could be, though, you know, a product of being swap-screwed for, say, Boston Rob or even Parv. you know, like they ended up on uh, out on the numbers. Sandra, I don't know, is a very different story, especially given the whole idol play, but I, I think that that's, I, I am I am not surprised where they ended up, but I think they definitely mm. deserve credit for making it as long as they did.
1: It's interesting. I would actually say that maybe now the most dangerous place as a big name approaching a returning player season is past the two-week mark. Mm. So I think for some reason, maybe once all the mishigosh and the fracas of the ten, like first 10 days or so dies down, once the game turns double digits, everyone sort of picks their head up out of the sand and is like, oh, wait a minute. These people are playing with us. Like, no, no, no we need to get rid of them. What the hell have we been doing? And I think maybe these people were, I mean, we saw this with Robin and Parvati during the Natalie vote, right? They're sitting there being like, well, how the hell are we not targeted? I think everyone was just so scrambly at that point to make sure that they weren't one of the first boots mm-hmm. that they sort of ignored the larger targets at hand. But I would warn anybody like, Hey, if you're a big name in this game, make the most of your first two weeks there out on the island and then just pray you make it the rest of the time <laughs>
2: i think yeah is praying a, a strategy on survivor <laughs> Can yeah hope it hope it's on.
1: not a strategy but prayer may be yeah yeah before we move on to more fun and games we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors And we are back. So let's keep on keeping on.
2: All right. Well, uh, I want to give what I predicted for Sandra. So I said that she would eat all of the cookies from the coffee reward and let Nick Wilson take the blame for it. She would start a gambling ring with the fire tokens, taking odds on who would be voted out next. She she pulls the flag at EOE, but asks to return to the snug, not Ponderosa.
1: No, just uh, like, hey, I'd make, can you make a stop at the island next door so I can live in Boston Rob's luxurious mansion?
2: Yes, his his mansion. They're, they're snug. She was just so comfortable there. I said for fire tokens. Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even want to read it.
1: No, you got to. OK, four
2: thousand nine hundred and eighty four. <laughs> Again, four digits again in retrospect. I had no idea why I thought that this was even like I remember writing this prediction, being like, (laughs) Oh, this is definitely high, but it's not that bad.
1: (laughs) You wrote down that Sandra would get 4,000 plus (laughs) fire tokens in 14 episodes of Survivor.
2: I maybe I expected inflation on this uh, season because I was like, Oh, yeah, they'll have like it'll be like in hundreds, and you know. i don't look you know what <laughs> the, this is a bad call but here we are uh i did say she would have 24 confessionals her allies would be sarah and tony uh and her mm. enemy would be all the women other than sarah
1: <laughs> oh my god well, now i just have this image in <laughs> yeah, i just have this image now of uh of sandra walking on edge of extinction. Dragging this satchel way down with four thousand fire tokens behind her, but like knowing she's not like, "Oh, I got nothing, you know these are just some <laughs> shells that I'm taking home, but there's not four thousand fire tokens in here
2: um it reminds me of that is it um uh Scrooge McDuck who's like mm, di- yeah, diving the, the- into the coins? <laughs>
1: Maybe that's why she wanted to go to the snug so that she could fill Boston Rob's shelter from season 39 with fire tokens that like, she can dive into them. The
2: dragon that's just laying on top of all of
1: her coins. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, Sandra is Smaug confirmed. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Well, you mentioned uh, Sandra absconding with the cookies as she once did the sugar back in season 34. I want to stay on that tangent of food cuz obviously this was a big week for Survivor, but perhaps even even bigger week for food on survivor we of course had Tyson uh selling the idol nullifier to parvati and using his one token seemingly in like the exact same time frame to buy a jar of peanut butter for later we had Sophie being able to somehow guess that the reward was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i want to stop down on that for a second before we even get to the game nicole were we should we be like uh crediting sophie for this do you think it was more noticeable than we might think at home to know that it's peanut butter and jelly
3: that's my th- my thinking is peanut butter is a very specific, strong smell. So mm. potentially she knew I was more thinking about peanut butter having a strong smell because it's like, good luck to Tyson getting the peanut butter off of him on a mm. beach where i mean I guess everyone smells pretty terrible. But food like that is going to really stand out and be pretty distinct. I'm w- curious what precautions he's taking when he gets back from his little trips.
2: Yeah, I would love to hear the whole routine. So first of all, where is it stored? Where does he keep it? Like, how far away does he have to go to eat it? Does he have to go take a bath in the ocean every single time? You know, like, what are the logistics here of this absconding with the peanut butter,
1: you know? Mm, well, Well, here's something that I've actually been thinking of, and I haven't actually asked it to Survivor contestants, but I've been intrigued to know, is there a certain point where you go nose blind out there? It's sort of like this thing where, let's say, you happen to work in a very smelly place or live with a very smelly person. I'd imagine that at a certain point, your sense is sort of dull to it. It's more senses of normality, and so it just sort of blends into the background. Do you think that everyone is just so smelly on Survivor that everyone's smell senses end up blurring after a while? And as a result, even if Tyson introduces a new smell in the form of peanut butter, Everyone's so nose blind at that point that he might be able to get away with it.
2: Well, sensory dulling is like a thing where you get used to a smell and so then you don't smell it anymore. Like, oh, you, your house has a smell or like you have a smell, but you don't smell it anymore because it's always there. But that's the thing is that it's always there. So I imagine if a new smell gets introduced, especially one like peanut butter, when you're constantly thinking about food, I think that you would be able to recognize that smell. That is my current thought. Also, because there's something that smells in my freezer and I don't know what it is, but every- Every time I open my freezer door, I'm like, God damn it. I have to find whatever it is that smells in there. But I haven't done it yet because I'm lazy. And But that's not all the time. It's just every time I open the door. So I imagine every time Tyson's popping open that jar to the peanut butter. And if anybody is within smell range, I think they would be able to smell it.
1: Okay, here's a solution. What if Tyson surreptitiously tags everyone else with some peanut butter? So then... If everyone smells like peanut butter, then maybe they'll just think like, oh, I'm going crazy. I think everyone smells like peanut butter, but that obviously can't be true.
2: It's like camouflage or he could put it on the shelter. And then it's like, man, like, what is that? Does that smell like peanut butter to you? And that's like, oh, well, we're just daydreaming or hallucinating. Exactly. You know?
3: mm. Yeah, there will definitely be Tyson peanut butter specific gaslighting in the future without a doubt. <laughs>
1: So this has been a surprisingly food-heavy season amidst all the crazy strategy going on. We've gotten a surprising amount of content, whether it's about the rewards that people have won, the various attempts to get food on the island from these winners. So uh, this is a game that Liana did with the Real Weird Sisters about a year or so ago on Edge of Extinction. I have compiled uh, a good number of quotes related to food and cooking from this season. Uh, We're going to go back and forth and uh, you're going to determine who said it. You get it right, you get a point. If you don't, you get nothing. Head back to camp. Uh, so it can be literally anybody. All 20 people are in contention here. I did not pull any Jeff Probst quotes, even though he did ascribe the survivor spice rack as small in stature but large in value. <laughs>
2: that sounds like a amazon review
3: yeah (laughs) like a bad amazon review
1: or like a weird like advertisement for an apple product that you would see up on a billboard in times square
3: (laughs) yeah Yeah, or somebody trying to get you to date their brother who's like not a catch but
1: yeah he's small in stature but he's large in value
2: (laughs) that's always how you want to be described like great in value yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right. So uh Nicole, let's start with you. So again, I'll read the quote. You guess who said it could be any castaway from this season. Here's the quote. Coconut soup, it's good. It's delicious.
3: Uh is uh Tony?
1: I'm sorry, it was Adam. Uh Gosh, this is part of, of Adam's good good apple routine oh, that's, working around camp. That's right.
3: Of course it is.
1: Oh no, I'm very I'm very intrigued as to like do we think coconut soup involves coconut? Do you think that it's just housed inside a coconut and that's what makes it makes it coconut I soup? I think it's water. I'm
3: <laughs> coconut soup is just coconut water is my guess.
1: Oh, oh, like uh like the
2: milk from a coconut or
3: just right? water.
2: Like, I don't I mean I don't know.
3: <laughs> I don't think anyone's cooking up special soups on the island, but maybe I'm oh, wrong. Yeah.
1: That could be a good way to sort of (laughs) use your imagination of like, oh, I filled this coconut with water. ooh, But this is the soup of the day. Coconut soup. Take a a sip. It's the bisque I worked on very hard in the kitchen.
2: You know, if quarantine gets bad, I might just try to boil a coconut and we'll see what happens. See what happens.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for that Instagram content. Uh Uh, All right. Liana, cookies and cream oh, my God, I'd give anything for that.
2: Oh, shoot. Okay, this is either Sandra or Denise because they were talking about it. I'm going to go with Sandra.
1: That is correct. Yes, I tweeted about this, but there's this really fun scene where Sandra and Denise are talking about her plan. Then in the middle, Sandra just goes, oh, my God, uh, cookies and cream. Oh, my God, I'd give anything for that. And you're like, wait, did the film skip? Like, did I miss something? And then the camera swoops around to reveal Kim standing there. And obviously, like survivor players talk about doing this all the time, but I feel like it's very rare that we see that happen of of having to deliberately change subjects on the fly so people don't pick up what you're doing.
2: That pivot was so good. Uh, I was very impressed. And yes, it was very confusing. But then also I was immediately distracted from the strategy and I was like, you know what? I do love cookies and cream.
1: I don't think I've had cookies and cream cupcakes. That seems like a baked by Melissa type of thing, but I'd go for it. Yeah, I
3: think it's a baked, I think it's like a specialty cupcake and also Denise just not being able to pivot quite as quickly. (laughs)
1: You know, say, they, uh, Nicole as as an improviser expert like how, how would you rate these two skills how, did, was Denise able to yes and Sandra properly yes she Sandra. was
3: and you know what it's it's about uh, making the choice it's not about making the perfect choice so she made a choice and she committed to it and Sandra also said yes to it Sandra didn't say what are you fuck are you talking about that's ice cream <laughs> so yeah strong scene work from the two of them
2: and too bad it I-
3: couldn't
1: go further
2: from, I would have loved to have seen the evolution of the the scene, yeah. <laughs> what would they have done next
1: yeah, exactly, or Kim like tags in and is like, "Oh, we're in a bakery now, and you're like, Oh God, I have to continue with the scene work now, I have to keep up the guys, yeah
3: exactly, yeah, it was it was very convenient for them that uh basically Kim walked by, heard what they were talking about, and was like, I don't want this, and kept walking, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nicole, let's go back to you here. I pull it out, and no joke. A fish about yay big super beautiful and colorful like a rainbow fish or a parrot fish or something
3: oh god
1: <laughs> i have no idea
3: <laughs> i i know i we got the we did the one i would have been able to get cause yeah. it was fun this week <laughs> um okay okay this is ugh, the this is when they're fishing <laughs> yeah (laughs) um oh god i'm gonna you know what i'm just gonna do it again i'm gonna guess no who fished Mm, is this tony
1: sorry this is amber uh this is from a a scene of her fishing on the edge of extinction and she was able to catch a rainbow fish or a parrot fish or something
3: i have no memory of this whatsoever
1: yeah i think i
3: I blocked that out apparently i feel bad for amber that i don't remember what sounds like a very successful moment <laughs>
1: <The> <laughs> or fish something sounds pretty damn good yeah or something uh all right liana he came right by my leg and i just stabbed him and i got him
2: uh i think this was kim
1: that is correct when kim bagged an eel
2: Yes. Yeah. The I I'm getting very lucky with the questions. <laughs> I will say that. Like, no, I wouldn't I have been able to get that one.
3: <laughs>
2: right, I let's... love it's. I love Kim. So I anything Kim says, I'm like Kim.
1: <laughs> very embarrassing. Yeah. They like when in doubt, guess Kim. Yeah. And Leon is concerned. Uh, all right, well, Nicole. Let's go back to you. The breadfruit's still smallish, but at least I know the technique works.
3: Jesus Christ. <laughs> i'm gonna do it i'm gonna yeah. do it and i'm gonna have to figure out what hang-up i have is this tony
1: uh, you're getting closer but this was yule. This
3: yule yeah oh
1: so yeah this was yule's initial tactic i was gonna pick his original quote of him being like well i think uh the calories i'm expending does not make up for the oh that's the, right the, the amounts that i the amount it'll make up for but i didn't want to be that obvious but yes this is after yule tried his wire hanger method of looping a piece of rope around a breadfruit to catch it
3: i love you <laughs> me too
2: and you know it's just it was so funny in that episode to have the comparison of yule with his tool that he built versus again i don't want to call it a ladder although i guess it technically is a ladder but tony's um structure that he built it was just because i think it represents who those players are
1: uh, Liana, why didn't we use the Yule tool for our Shark Tank game? Ah, a couple the weeks Yule ago?
2: tool, Hard. Okay, well, I'll get a time machine. We're all in sequester, so I'll,
1: you know I'll whip one you up. work on that. Yeah. All right, Liana, this is a tribe of pros. They know how to stake it up. The girls have got their spices. They know how to use them. I feel like I'm staying at a Fijian resort.
2: I have no idea. I honestly don't even remember which tribe won the spices.
1: <laughs> Uh, listen, it's small in stature, but it is large in value, so I guess it makes sense why you would sort of gloss over it
2: um was it Nick
1: that is correct, oh, wow, Jesus he that one out.
2: sorry I don't know it sounds like something Nick would say,
1: <laughs> yes, he was he was uh complimenting this is when they were slicing up the shark into little shark sticks to cook up
2: mm that sounds good actually.
1: All right, Nicole, going back to you. Have you ever had mint Oreos? (laughs) I'm so sorry, Nicole.
3: (laughs) I have no idea. Is it? Oh, God. I have no idea. Is it Sarah? Well, you know what? No, fuck it. I know what a game is. I'm going to say Tony again. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what? Maybe you'll be bound to get it if there were 20 questions. Uh, nope. It is Boston Rob. Uh, this was during the buddy system on steroids last episode when they were talking about, as Ben said, pies and cookies and cakes.
3: Oh, that's right. There really has been a lot of food talk.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think these uh, these guys like. I don't know if they're feeling immediate regret when they're on the island of like, oh, man, why am I doing this again? But maybe the food talk is just more plentiful. Maybe it's because the food is more plentiful that like they're they're just have it at the cornerstone of their mind. But yes, Boston Rob, I don't know if he likes mint Oreos or doesn't like them. He's just asking if anyone's ever had them.
2: Uh, That's when he was playing. Uh, I don't know what I want to call him. I don't know why I wanted to say sheriff, but he's just like the dad that quarantined all the kids. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess he is sort of like the sheriff, like putting, you know, the rascally gang in prison, I suppose, and watching them while he has the key twirling around his belt.
2: <laughs> That's a really fun image that I have in my brain. Now As you
1: can imagine Leon and I have seen a lot of westerns, So I think we have that image at the top of mind. <laughs>
3: Which is also so wild in retrospect to be like, oh, that's probably what like was his death sentence is that you were the plan when you locked everyone in.
2: Mm, Yeah. Do you think he did himself in by by preventing essentially strategy from happening? Because it almost kind of locked in everybody to vote for Boston Rob, it seemed.
3: Yeah, I think he didn't help himself because And, I mean, this goes back to, like, do the circumstances allow you to play the best version of your character game? His is a godfather. A bunch of winners don't want to be godfathered. When you're the only returner on the island. By all means, please be our father. But you have to presume a bunch of winners aren't going to let you lock them in jail unless you're the target. And with each moment that they spend potentially resentful of being locked in jail, you're just making them more and more sure you got to go.
1: Right. I mean, Adam voiced this a few episodes ago, right? Like, this isn't Survivor Redemption Island. We even see it at the beginning of this episode where, like, Ben and Adam are singing Can't You Feel a Brand New Day from The Wiz, basically, uh, (laughs) dancing on Boston Rob's grave. They were just so happy to not be under his thumb. And to your point, yeah, I guess they felt a little disrespected by the fact that Rob treated them that way, considering they said, like, hey, we've won just as many times as you have, pal.
2: Right. I'm still picturing this in the Western of like the sheriff is dead. And they're sort of doing this jig on top of Boston Rob's grave, but like waving their hats in the air. And it works because it's Ben with his cowboy hat and his
3: like weird pants. (laughs) Yeah, that's why it's the West for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Just one hat triggers it for you. Uh, All right, Liana, here's your next quote. I'm not a mega chef at home, but I cook enough that I know somebody can do it wrong. So I wanted to make sure it wasn't a total botch job on the seasoning with the rice.
2: (laughs) Okay, I uh, I was going to say Tony for the humor of it all, but I really don't think Tony would say something like that. I will go with. Oh, Lord, I don't know. Um, How about you know what? Screw it, Tony. I'm going with Tony.
1: Oh, you should have gone with your gut. It was Kim. Oh, no.
2: no. How did I not know? I'm devastated.
1: I don't know how Kim would feel if you mistook her quotes for Tony. Now, Mm.
2: I think, yeah, she would be like, I've never met this woman. (laughs) (laughs) Disown her.
1: All right, Nicole, this is somebody talking about the PB&J reward. You didn't need it. It was probably stale bread. Sandra, that's Sandra. It's Sandra. Sandra said it. That is correct.
3: Thank God. <laughs> I mean right. that is also it's the only episode I rewatched, so potentially I, I'm learning if I ever want to take part again I have to watch every episode that's come before more than once.
1: <laughs> I think no. even if you did that, you probably wouldn't go for like these random ass quotes that that's I pulled true. that have to have a food item in it. Uh yeah, I do I do love those comfort mechanisms that people use, like Sandra had it here. I remember back in Survivor karamoan when one tribe won a bunch of pastries and coffee and Don was like, don't worry, guys, they're going to be pooping for days because of all that coffee. We don't need it. So it's just those weird coping mechanisms to help the tribe pick up their moods.
2: It's how you justify that it's Okay.
1: Exactly. Oh man, you know what? That would wreak havoc on my body anyway. Like, it's we're not missing out on anything.
2: Yeah, I do that in my regular life too. Like, oh yeah, no, it's fine. Like, the uh, yeah, my coworker got the promotion, but it's fine. I'm I'm better suited here anyway. I wouldn't enjoy yeah, exactly. that job. It's yeah, fine. yeah, I don't <sighs> like
3: that office. Is too
1: cold.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, more responsibilities. Who wants that? More pay. Who wants that? I'm not materialistic or anything, so I don't. Well, they care. said I don't
1: mo- care more that. money, more problems. So oh. I'm fine keeping my feet on the ground
2: that's right i got nine nine problems in getting a promotion eight one so we good (laughs) all
1: right liana basically what you do when you catch something out here is put it on fire for anywhere from half an hour to 45 minutes that way you're certain it's done and definitely overcooked so the texture is not going to be anything what you want (laughs) where did you get these quotes from survivor 40 no
2: okay okay (laughs) oh 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 really (laughs) uh i don't know how about
1: adam it was Tyson.
2: Oh, Tyson, of course. And I should
1: have known. I think, he, I think I maybe botched the reading. I think when you put it in, like, his very deadpan <laughs> voice, I think it comes off a lot funnier in Tyson-like. Yeah, you
2: actually, that was supposed to be the requirement, Mike. You had to perform them as the character,
1: so... Then I think you'd be, I mean, to be honest, I'm just so terrible at voices that I still think you would guess Tony for most of them, despite <laughs> me trying to do, like, a Boston Rob voice. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Liana. Though, Nicole, I'm going to give you credit for getting on the board as well with that Sandra quote. Your first B&B game, uh, you got your feet wet, and that's the hardest part of this all.
3: Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. But uh, I bow. I bow to Liana.
2: Well, it's food-related, so (laughs) I was probably paying attention. Especially, you know, it's been so interesting being in quarantine because I've kind of been reverting back to childhood like the only things i want to eat are things that i ate as a kid like i want to eat dino nuggets and toaster strudels and mac and cheese i don't know why maybe it's, there's some psychology here but that's currently what my fridge and freezer are full of
1: it's Did, really do you think that being in quarantine harkens back to some sort of childhood for you that it's like oh it's like a snow day that lasts forever
2: Oh god, a s- yeah, a snow day that lasts forever. So far, I haven't done anything truly weird yet, but you know, I'm only on day what seven, I think now. So we'll see where things go from here. But spending my time thinking about Survivor has been, I think, a good distraction. And mm. that being said, I wanted to talk about something that I have been thinking about, which was Wendell's quote from this episode, where he said that we anticipate them, referring to the fire tokens, becoming idols or advantages or something which got me thinking about what do they think is going to happen for these fire tokens because I think to me it seems pretty clear you just spend them on stuff like they're not gonna go through some sort of transformer uh, <laughs> t- type
1: like yeah actually yeah you're supposed to like stack them up and then they'll like bundle <laughs> them like a thing of coins at the bank and turn, and that, that'll that be your idol
2: right this right. is like a Voltron type deal we get six of them together and then all of a sudden they become something else like no so I, I don't know if either of you have thoughts because I'm like nah bro like they're not gonna turn into anything you y- it's clearly written on the sign.
1: Yeah, yeah it's a, it's an interesting idea. I mean, maybe, I mean, first, if we go by Liana's model for fire tokens, God help whoever has to provide Sandra with 4,000 idols if she's able to cash in. <laughs> maybe maybe they think at some point, instead of like the survivor auction that they used to do back in the day, there would be like a store and that you can just go with whatever fire tokens you have and buy stuff that way. And maybe Wendell's thinking there'll be like one opportunity and one opportunity only To buy stuff. But it's a good question. I do wonder people who don't know what they bought from the Edge of Extinction, you know, those other people that are in the dark, what they think these little coins are going to be for.
3: What is the price of an idol on the island? Like, I know on Edge it's three tokens, but it doesn't mean anything. What is it? Can you buy idol? Like, is Michelle idol rich yet?
1: No. So on the island, the menu is coffee and pastries. A small bag of beans, small in stature, but large in value, a regular bag of rice, two pillows and two blankets, a tarp and an advantage in the challenge. Which it seems like, again, from what we're seeing, nobody has partook in. So maybe it's also a thing of like them all wanting to be stingy with it in case, to Wendell's point, they have to buy advantages with them later.
3: Yeah, that might it might be that they're thinking down the road, maybe the store expands their stock
2: oh i see okay so then you can actually buy idols and advantages later on when it becomes a a merge tribe it's right, like right. it's like,
1: a, it's like a, it's, yeah. they think it's like a marshmallow test with fire tokens right like hey you can buy the beans now <laughs> exactly but then you can't buy the idol later exactly
2: huh okay all right that makes more sense because maybe it's just the way that wendell phrased it it was like we anticipate them becoming idols <laughs> right <laughs> like, i just imagined yeah the the morphing <laughs> but
3: Bury them on the beach in the morning. Yeah, it'll grow. An idol it gro- it
1: grows into an idol.
3: Yeah. I mean, she, maybe that's Ghost Island thinking. <laughs> oh, which Wendell did play on Ghost Island. Yeah, this fire so, exactly. token has,
1: has matured into an idol. Exactly. <laughs> it has exactly.
2: matured. Speaking are, oh my gosh. Yeah, go ahead,
3: Nicole. No, just, I. I am really... Processing the change, what feels like a different Wendell showed up on this island compared to mm. the Wendell from Ghost Island.
2: Uh, yes, I completely agree. I was like, Wendell is getting a freaking negative edit. Like, I was yeah. like, I, uh, I don't think I'm supposed to like this guy. It was kind of my takeaway Exactly, which
3: I do think comes close to. I think you get points for poverty forming a Black Widow alliance because she did. Uh, unite with Michelle to try to take out Michelle's ex-boyfriend, which feels like the most Black Widow-y thing you can do, even if it didn't succeed.
1: Well, yeah, I think that obviously there's been a lot of talk around Wendell's portrayal, particularly in this episode, to the point where people have sent some very nasty things to him on social media, which just completely out of line uh but that being said i mean i have a couple thoughts about this a i do feel like it's to satisfy a story and to be candid i think the story is that michelle is going to do well and we're supposed to root for her doing well and so we're supposed to like you know be angry at her ex-boyfriend for behaving the way he does he does so in uh, one of the interviews I did this week, I actually got the, the chance to talk with Eric Reichenbach and he invited a really interesting comparison that I hadn't thought about where he said, you know, yeah, initially when I uh, watched the scene, I thought Wendell was a jerk as well. But he said that the way that poverty was interacting with him actually reminded him a lot of the way that she would interact with him, particularly in that very oft mentioned uh, storyline where they got him to give up immunity. Basically, wanting to bait somebody into saying something that'll then make them sabotage their game, essentially saying, Hey, give me, give me more rope, give me more rope so I can make you hang yourself. So from that perspective, he actually sort of respected the way that Wendell approached the situation because he basically stonewalled her, even though he did go on to offer her some fire tokens. Maybe that was just to like get her off his back. But I thought that was another interesting perspective to look at it from what was otherwise, I agree, a very negative portrayal for Wendell this week.
3: Uh I I mean, uh, yeah, also the story we seem to be getting told is like, you don't look good if you ask somebody to give you fire tokens for something because it was, I think, where Wendell starts to not because I think that you're right. I think both in his conversation with Parv and also when Michelle is talking to Wendell, it's not crazy for Wendell to be like, no, don't write down my name just so your friend will like you. Like, that's not a a bad position. But I do think like asking somebody to give because didn't he ask Parv for two fire tokens? to not Mm -hmm. send her home i think he he,
1: he said i'll vote with whoever you want to but a you have to give me a name and b you give me the two fire tokens now
3: right which i think we're just seeing like oh anybody asking for fire tokens it's not gonna look it's not gonna be a great look
2: Hmm, that's interesting i wonder if that's something that we're gonna see again later on that You know, I don't know, like maybe this is the kiss of death. (laughs) If you ask for a fire token or something
3: like that. The kiss of death is Nick saying that like he watched you growing up.
1: Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. Tyson, goodbye. Parv, goodbye
2: yeah right anyone who nick was originally rooting for when he watched their season like sorry you're done oh
1: man it's sad then that nobody played after nick because then like they would be completely free of the curse right Right. they'd be like ah Mm -hmm. you you were neither growing up i could say i watched you growing up and that will curse you
2: okay well then i'm looking to make a winner pick who's somebody that nick doesn't like (laughs) that's who i'm
3: gonna go with
2: okay all right well i want to get into the uh, other game that we have for today now survivor is full of challenges and so what i prepared for you two today is the survivor limerick challenge so this is blatantly ripped off from wait wait don't tell me uh so don't at me uh but wait wait before you at Wait, wait me. don't at me <laughs> yeah wait, wait don't at me uh so the way that this is going to work is i'm going to read a survivor related limerick with the last word missing from each so if you can fit in the last word correctly, you get a point. I'll go back and forth between the two of you.
1: So, to, Can you yeah. do it in an Irish accent in honor of the holiday?
2: No, I cannot. <laughs> do you want a really bad Cockney accent? Because I think that I've shown that I can do that one.
1: I mean, I guess that's in the aisle. You yeah. know, that's within the same, same range, I suppose.
2: <laughs> Although I don't know if the, the rhymes will make sense. If I do it in an accent, I can imagine messing it up somehow. So uh, the, the way that the rhyme scheme works, if anybody cares, is A-A-B-B-A. But I'll give an example. So then that way you guys will be prepared for what, what you need to pay attention to. So this is the example that I have written. OK, and I'm not doing this in an accent. Sorry, Mike. Denise knew she had to play smarter. Two tokens now? That's a non-starter. I'll give you one that's better than none. You see, Denise came prepared to barter, would be then the correct answer, because it rhymes with smarter and non-starter, and Denise was prepared to barter, because we're talking about the fire tokens. Okay?
1: Okay, I like this. So I, I, for some reason, assumed that the last word was always going to be a name, like, guess the person, but more so it's, it's Follow your language.
2: It is a word is what you're looking for. So (laughs) no, not necessarily a person. In fact, none of these are people just as a spoiler, a spoiler alert. Now, the key here is that it fits with what I'm talking about. And it also rhymes with the end word of the first two phrases. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. so Mike, this first limerick is for you. Jeremy felt down on his luck. On a tribe with decal, he felt stuck. While losing his mind, at tribal council he whined, saying he felt upside down like a.
1: Duck. Yes. And I was very. I was very worried when you started with luck at the end of the first one of like <laughs> L- Liana. Where is this going?
2: Don't worry. There are no curse words unless you consider duck a curse word, which I think some phones may. But. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Like the, all the AI that's listening to this has promptly turned off the podcast. Like wow, <laughs> filthy, filthy language.
2: <laughs> okay, Mike. So you earn a point, Nicole. This limerick is for you. After Michelle and Wendell got in a spat. Wendell joined Yule and Nick for a chat. Together they were voting, but they really were hoping that poverty doesn't pull a rabbit out of a
3: a hat.
2: Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Hooray, okay. yes. And all of these were phrases that were said by the people. So, these are I was I was about, about to
1: ask if uh, if, they, if they actually said pull a rabbit out of a hat.
2: Yep, that's what Wendell said in his conversation with uh Yule and Nick. He's like, "Yeah, just hope Parv doesn't pull a rabbit out of a hat."
1: She could have pulled an old idol nullifier out of a hat because
2: that would have done a whole lot of good.
1: (laughs) Listen, I'm taking a silver lining in, in this very devastating episode, at least for the first time. The idol nullifier did not completely bone a person who played an idol correctly in the episode.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Is her idol nullifier just dead now? Yeah, I'm assuming, be, right?
1: Yeah, because I know that when Jeff back in Edge of Extinction, when they were talking about Aubrey going, you know, getting voted out with the, I think she had the extra vote and she had an idol, he said that both of those were dead. Mm-hmm. So unless they they wanted to, you know, revive them, much like the player is revived, it's pretty much assumed that that idol nullifier is dead, in which I am throwing my cowboy hat in the air and dancing.
2: Yeah, hopefully it will never come back.
1: Justice for Janet.
2: <laughs> Poor Janet. Okay, Mike. At Selle's tribe council, the air was quite bitter. Maybe Jeff Probst should have given them liquor. At tribal (laughs) council, they fought, taking many pot shots. Yule said, this is like watching my parents.
1: Bicker. Yes. Because, of course, Yule would use the term bicker (laughs) instead of like fight.
2: Yeah, I think he actually said he said both but bicker is much more fun and also some words are very hard to rhyme even the rhyming dictionary is not able to help (laughs) with uh with some of the ones i was Uh, going for but
1: i I loved yule being just so like there's so much drama going on around him he's like oh this is interesting like even (laughs) even yule is just like he's just a very chill guy in general so even when there's a lot of drama going on around him he's like huh Fascinating.
2: I imagine him thinking, hmm, this fighting is probably expelling more calories than it's worth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Guys, we can't win the next challenge when you're fighting so much. You're just going to be so exhausted the next day. <laughs> yeah,
2: too much energy. Okay, Nicole, this is for you. Boston Rob really hates the tribe swaps, but you got to give Sarah and Sophie mad props. Ben felt like a smarty. Adam suggested they party as long as Sarah doesn't go call the. Caps. yes <laughs> which i thought was a really fun little line that they included um yes. <laughs> like sarah just don't call the cops
1: could you imagine of what would sarah like report them to like the fijian authorities
2: <laughs> i mean cops gotta stick together right cops are us so Sa-
1: sarah would be a karen sarah would be like walking down and be like there is a ruckus going on on this camp i need you to bust this party quick
2: <laughs> i would like to speak to your manager where's the manager of fiji <laughs>
1: Exactly. I need to speak to the president of Fiji. I'd like to report a disturbance.
2: (laughs) Okay, Mike, this one is for you. Natalie may be the fire token mogul, but on the edge, Tyson was vocal. This jar wasn't free, but peanut butter for me, because I ain't no slack jawed. Yokel! (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was a really fun Uh, phrase.
1: I mean, listen, when you like make a subtle reference to a Simpsons character, I am attuned to it as all get out. So I grabbed onto Slackjaw slack jawed Yokel and I have been trying to run with it ever since. I love that it's now in the survivor vernacular.
2: <laughs> Yokel is very hard to rhyme. <laughs> I'll just throw that out there, but I was I dedicated to making it happen. OK, Nicole, this is for you. Where is Tony? His tribe starts to wonder. Sandra knows, but she is no sucker. We can't talk here. He might be near. Tony may be hiding in his spy. I
3: mean. Bunker. Bunker. Yes. Yes. Thank God. I I was like Shaq doesn't rhyme. Oh, thank God. And his spy
1: Shaq.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wonder sucker and Shaq. Shunker. (laughs) Shunker.
1: Though I think, you know, Because I feel like the spy bunker that Tony did in Game Changers, wasn't that him burying himself in the dirt? Yes. This feels Mm -hmm. more like a spy shack, so I'm very confused with his his vocabulary here.
2: Yeah, I don't know. He did define it as a spy bunker, but I think a lot of them were used interchangeably, so it's hard to know if one has an exact definition (laughs) if we're going to be sticklers here. But uh, but yes, that is correct.
1: Uh, Uh, How should we, I guess, can we power rank real quick, like mm -hmm. the The spy shack from Survivor Kagayan, which was like a bush. Uh, We have the spy bunker, which is him burying himself in the sand. And spy shunker, which is (laughs) him covering himself with a pile of sticks in a location that nobody purposely visited.
3: Right. Yeah, you really can't go somewhere you're notorious for doing it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And it was like he was spending so much time trying to reverse the image of Tony yeah. burying himself in the ground and yet he just can't resist when they have to go to tribal council. I think if I had to pick one, I would go with the OG just because, yeah. you know, you, I think it worked the best. But again, also, you know, nobody knew what Tony was up to or how insane he was. So maybe that's a little bit of a pass.
1: Yeah, Tony essentially like wet bandsits himself, right? Mm. Or like, He's like, oh, yeah, we knew it was you, Tony, because you're the guy that hides out at the water well. Like, that's your calling card. But it also makes you very implicated in these crimes. Right, right, right.
0: Uh,
1: Well,
2: that's where my creativity ended. I got six. So you both got three points. Congratulations. You're both winners.
3: I was so nervous for all of that. <laughs> you did so good. Food went so badly for me. Uh, those were excellent limericks excellent limericks
1: thank you yeah it was it was a good time can i ask so nicole before coming on here you said like okay i have a hunch as to what games you're going to play and we're we're sort of done with the official games still have a couple more segments but i'm so intrigued to ask what you thought we were going to do today
3: so sometimes uh your games are more specific to the players voted out and not necessarily survivor specific right Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair. So I thought I could get. uh I thought I could get uh, quizzed on Sandra's dogs. Uh,
1: yep. Oh yeah. Ooh. That was Kelly go. did last last episode. You could use Kelly Kim as a lifeline if you needed. Yes.
3: Yes. Yes. um Or uh I thought possibility there's something yoga and Survivor related for Parv.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I got to think about what that would be.
3: Because I feel okay. like there's I- been cool. enough yoga on Survivor historically. But maybe but not specific to this season,
2: like something with like survivor pose names. OK, well, you know what? That yeah, has yeah. sparked some creativity in me to <laughs> get working on this.
1: Yeah, I like that love. Like not necessarily maybe it'd be more of a collaborative thing of like naming the position and then trying to guess like who did it. You know, like the, oh, the Tai Trang is like wrapping your legs around a tree and grinding your inner thighs against it until they get cut up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, oh, I forgot about that.
2: Yeah, that was brutal. Uh, what else was I going to say? Something about games. Oh, yes. One game that I really tried to make happen, I wanted us to play some sort of bartering game <laughs> where we barter for stuff. <laughs> like, I was like, that is going to be. Horrible on a podcast because everybody has to have their own cards that have to be hidden. And I was like, yeah, that'll be really fun.
1: I'll be like, wait, wait, <laughs> w- what? So we'd be like, I have a jack, I'll trade you for a three. What cards yeah, are you talking I know, about? Yeah,
2: look, I, okay. So the games that I saw online, because it was all about teaching kids how bartering works, which apparently is a thing that we should be teaching children. So Mike, get on that. Yeah. Well, right, especially sorry. now. oh oh, yeah actually for toilet oh yeah ah man it could have been pandemic related so it could have been like okay so nicole you get three toilet paper rolls mike you've got one jar of peanut butter and then somehow we have to barter i don't know the game that it was that i was thinking of is you have to get off the island so you have to like barter for things to get off the island it was a terrible idea
3: okay (laughs) is what i'm trying to say there's something here, and you have time
1: yeah exactly i think if we ever do like a, a full-out survivor rpg uh i think we we could make something happen there where like your goal is to get off the island and you have to trade with the locals and the locals happen to be previous survivor contestants
2: exactly it's kind of like the oregon trail because that makes for good podcasting too so
1: exactly like you walk in with your fire tokens and Wendell's like okay how many idols do you want and you're like i don't need that sir please stop selling those
2: and then for if you pick, if you're what is it in the Oregon Trail, you pick if you're the banker, the whatever, you know, it depends mm-hmm. on like how much money you get. So do you pick are you a Natalie Anderson? Are you, you know, that determines how many you, you can start de- with.
1: Or you're like, are you a hustler? Are you a yeah. David? Are you a villain? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, let's just mash them all together.
1: I want to talk about before we start finishing things up here, this incredible image. I don't know if you guys saw because it, it was blinking. You miss it. Of a. Parvati and Michelle (gasps) sitting on the swing back to back. I mean, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But it also makes me think, especially for returning players, like how much do you think people might try to like, I wouldn't say playing up to the cameras, but like do things that you know are going to be picturesque, you know, or like for the gif of it all.
3: I mean, I think Parv as just a beautiful woman probably is you know, forming pictures as she just moves through her everyday life. Like, I think it's very natural for her, you know?
2: Well, I think the editors were using her a lot for those sort of picturesque shots of her, you know, swimming or trying to catch fish um, in the previous episodes. So I believe it. She just moves through the world in such a beautiful way. (laughs) She's always art. Uh And
1: if you're if you're a survivor player for future seasons, like, should you try to purposely put yourself in those poverty esque picturesque poses, knowing that might get you more (laughs) airtime?
2: Well, I think isn't there the thing with, oh, you want to be the the good gift. So you want to be the reaction gift. So at Tribal Council or something like that, because wasn't the whole thing with Michaela with the Mm -hmm. cup or whatever the tea? Yeah, like her props at Tribal Council. I think that's a good thing
1: yeah i'm just trying to think of like i don't know like spend your out time out in the water but like try to get onto the rocks like little mermaid style and just like see well, maybe you're maybe that's like if troy zan's on staff you know so he could do his little <laughs> click 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 thing
2: yeah click 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 i just imagine somebody out there just posing for a while just like yeah ah yeah <laughs> let me just strike a pose
1: oh Ooh. now i imagine like karate poses yeah
2: or you could try to do something super silly. I guess it depends because I could see Ty- you remember from Token Cheens, Tyson's dance that we talked well, about. Was naked? Called- yeah, with those little loincloth and he's like dancing around. See, you could do something like that. That might also get you airtime. I don't know if it's the airtime that you would want, but it <laughs> might get airtime.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, there aren't too many. Luckily, unlike Big Brother, a lot of these contestants are not coming on to jumpstart a career i know that there were a couple people back in the day that were like looking to kick off their modeling career by appearing on survivor and i think only a good amount of uh, you know a destined few as nicole said are actually people that can you know pervade the sort of effervescence while they are starving and dirty on an island
2: Mm mm-hmm And plus, there's lots of smells, even if you're used to it, like we talked about, could be very distracting.
1: Well, that's a good point. Like, yeah, you have to go nose blind to a certain point, because otherwise all your faces are going to be stank because you're like, wow, everything smells and they're not going to get good (laughs) pictures of you.
2: Face, face, face. Give me face, beauty face.
1: (laughs) Oh, I imagine being a cameraman who like came from the fashion world and was like, I don't know, you're not supposed to get actively involved in the game, but like bringing that type of attitude, you know?
2: (laughs) I don't know why, but the first thing it popped in my head was Austin Powers.
3: Like, yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yes, no, yes, poverty. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I am glad you brought that up, Mike, though, because it, like both times I watched the episode, I was like, God, that's a breathtaking shot.
2: Hmm. I think Michelle immediately tweeted, "Like, somebody get me that video, that gift, because yeah. it, it, it's so iconic too." oh man yeah,
1: they, oh, i'm rooting they for michelle they didn't yes. play the sound over it though which was been like yeah baby you're swinging <laughs> keep doing it yeah because
2: i think that that's what was definitely playing in the background
1: <laughs> yeah that's why the returning players are like don't worry you tune out the austin powers cameraman after a while when you play on survivor you don't even notice that he's there <laughs>
2: What a distraction. Um, But, oh, man, I I really I was really hoping that that duo could do more damage. It's really unfortunate that was voted out when she did. You know, hopefully she could come back through the edge of extinction, although I don't know. I think with Natalie and Tyson are sort of like the top two contenders over there. But. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that, that that narrative, sort of that we talked about with Wendell and Michelle, comes to fruition where this is sort of Michelle's time to shine and she's able to sort of get revenge against Wendell and that's that's the story that we're being told and Michelle is able to go on and, and be successful because to to go back to the co wrong discussion. Of course, there was a lot of controversy with Aubrey versus Michelle and, you know, no need to rehash that. But I think Michelle definitely felt like she articulated this in her preseason press that she had to come in and had something to prove. And I I feel like that's going to happen because of Mm. the story that we're being told so far. So you go, girl.
1: Yeah, I'm honestly feeling this storyline for Michelle where she sort of is like absorbing the energy from the legends that left her along the way. Like there's that conversation that she has with Boston Rob a couple of weeks ago when he's swinging the ring around for the umpteenth time where, you know, she talks about, to your point, Liana, sort of being uh, very raked over the coals for her win. And Rob sort of gives like, well, if you won, you won. Like, don't worry about it. And I wonder if she picked up that confidence. She picked up sort of the relationship with Parvati along the way. So, like, even though they've fallen, they had to die so that Michelle could thrive and become her own Phoenix-like figure with their energy.
2: Hmm. like she's absorbing their energy she's taking their fire tokens she's taking in yeah i kind of i like this it's cool i imagine her as a blob monster just like sucking and stuff being like michelle and somehow this also fits with the wild west narrative i don't know this is some sort of
1: oh yes i remember the blob monster <laughs> yes. from yeah the Good, everyone the Bad, and the does ugly. yeah everyone that was does. the ugly
2: it's a classic western trope
1: yeah, y'all gotta take in the Gonzalez brothers and Elgnor, the blob man. <laughs> Elgnor. I do... And I think, uh, go ahead, Nicole. Oh, yeah, no, I
3: was just gonna say, I do, I am here for a Michelle arc, and I do think the type of game that she played successfully is one she can benefit from here. Like, she can play again, which is, like, mm-hmm. low-key, quiet at, uh, at camp, loud at tribal. Mm-hmm. The yeah. problem with Edge is that you don't get tribal witnesses until later in the game but i do think that like that's a uh, unlike some people's hers is a translatable game that can be played twice which i think puts her in a good position other people you can't play that game twice and Mm. the question is can you adapt
1: Mm -hmm. well not to mention she is you know one of the richest people in the game at this point and it's because she was bequeathed Three tokens from Parvati, who was bequeathed two tokens from Rob, who is and was also bequeathed one token from Ethan. So like she sort of has you know the remnants of the remnants, but she has I guess their property. So she is literally represented in net worth by the people that came before her, these old school figures.
3: Yeah, almost four thousand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so She's close. getting up to Sandra's amount. So close. <laughs>
3: I do love the idea of imagining Sandra trying to put four thousand tokens in Yule's tiny little box. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like when she bequeaths them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I th-
1: I think she'd be it'd be more advantageous for her to just put the box in the bag of tokens. True. It'd be like, yeah, you get you get the gesture. <laughs>
2: I, like I don't know, I still don't know what I imagined. I think they would have like a safety deposit box or like like what's gonna or maybe be would there be like know. a voucher
1: like good? This know. is good for one thousand fire tokens.
2: Right. Exactly. Like some. You know. I I, I guess because you know I i carry cash as an emergency only so i really use my cards i was like maybe they'll have credit cards that have their fire token balances on them or something like that i Oh, i like that
1: like a, imagine if someone tries to like be they're overdrawn on fire tokens so they get like a vote against them or something
2: i don't know or it's like oh man i forgot to pay off my fire token balance i now have a 21 percent interest rate like
3: crap <laughs> I like this. I like this. Maybe Cochran didn't come back to play the season, but he's in a boat running a a bank with full (laughs) bankers hours somewhere in the middle of the
1: ocean. Oh, as long, as long as he's wearing one of those old school, like green visors and like has like one of those garters on his sleeve while he has his his sleeves rolled up
2: one of those like old timey ticker things i still don't really know what they do but the thing that like it spits out the, the little thin roll of paper with the numbers on it or whatever <laughs> oh it man but
1: well, he's been there the entire time and nobody's just found him <laughs> on the edge of extinction
2: <laughs> he's oh it's a ghost island twist he matured on ghost island and now he's a full-blown
1: banker yeah. back in the day he was a writer and now he's matured to a banker <laughs> just like his parents wanted oh well, let's finish things off here talking about survivor at large with uh, our question of the week. We asked you all out there last week, what is your least favorite survivor word after uh, Sophie's distaste towards the term crack? We're going to read some responses from you all, maybe get some of ours as well. We got a lot of fun answers here. So let's start with Logan B, who said a uh, survivor term that he hates, goat it can also be g-o-a-t which is the opposite so unless we're making an obscure reference to the goat in Jurassic Park I feel like the term should be lamb which would um, be more so like a sacrificial lamb or a lamb to the slaughter rather than goat what do we think should we change the the animal references to this idea of people who have no shot in the end
2: okay so this would be inter- like you're not going to drag a goat to the final three you're gonna drag a lamb to the oh but lamb i don't know goats are cute too
1: if we change it from lamb to sheep is that better if we if we mature the lamb a bit
3: i think so because there's an innocence to lamb that i don't think quite captures what it is but sheep might work
2: (gasps) uh that also reminds me i think didn't in Survivor, you didn't tara talk about mike uh it being sheep or something like right.
1: that. Well, because I think she worked with goats, and she found that the term uh, was she took offense with the, ter- with the, with the term. <laughs> so she went with sheep. I don't know. We had to think about like I guess something that can be carried and won't get much recognition. Like what about rock? Like a pet <laughs> rock, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, but a, a rock is like oh, they're like they're my rock. They're stable. Mm. Um, I was what hamster. About,
1: oh, like
3: a, a hamster. hamster. <laughs> You're Such
1: a hamster
2: yeah i don't know
3: i I don't know they're they're industrious i
1: I like what about like a what about like a plant you know
2: uh but like like, it
1: relies on you uh okay
3: Uh, okay like a fern
1: Ooh, fern there we go being such a fern right now (laughs) they're my fern. fern yeah the fern army I don't know. Mm.
3: Goat definitely has gotten overused. And I agree that there is like a double meaning. But mm-hmm. as a writer, sometimes you love a double meaning. I'd love for somebody they thought was a goat to turn out to be the goat. Um, mm. But I do think that like it gets overused. And the only goats, goats are more rare than players act like they are
2: Ah, like a true goat. Is yeah. more rare, yeah, than yes. than yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I can see that. the The other thing that keeps popping into my head is a a geese <laughs> or a goose. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because it also starts with a G. But I like I like a such a goose. No, <laughs> no, no. Like you're, you got you got you have your no. gaggle. You have your goose army. <laughs> good for the goose is good for the gander.
1: <laughs> I don't know
2: uh well, let's
1: move let's move on here jesse says i can't stand it when people mess up the order of outwit outplay outlast uh also jeff's definitions of outwit slash outplay slash outlast at final tribal are 100 percent incorrect also nicole Dressbull exclamation point can't wait oh, that's so
3: nice uh outwit outplay
2: outlast yes
1: yeah i mean yeah that we've seen that before of like the i mean this is divided into two parts but the first part is sort of being like yeah this game is outlast outplay, outwit." out wit like it, it sort of like makes your mind sort of break down for half a second and then of course there is the new final tribal council format which jeff has t- divided into three categories based on what happens to be on the tribe flag
3: yes exactly which
2: doesn't i agree like doesn't really make sense all that much but no
3: do you think do you think 20 years ago mark burnett was like oh what are the real principles of this game like there's three random no. words he's, that coming, we're up with, he's desperately coming up with a tagline mean something <laughs>
1: yeah. like it would be like a mcdonald's is like okay but what if we really are loving it what does that mean you know yeah. like really trying to <laughs> make a concept out of something that was just like a quick elevator pitch that you would make to the network right
3: i imagine cool. if, yeah how for, is it defined at final? Oh, no, sorry, Liana, you go.
1: Well, I was just gonna say,
2: I like if Nikes was. What if we just did it?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does doing it mean exactly mm-hmm. for society?
2: <laughs> uh, but How yeah, Nicole, find at that. final tribal.
1: Uh, that's a good question. I don't They're remember. Almost, like every time it up.
3: happens, I'm like, I gotta go back and I don't. I'm not following this. Uh, English
1: lecture. So, so outwit usually refers to like strategy and social game. Outplay refers to challenges and working at camp. And outlast is essentially just final arguments from each of the finalists.
3: Yeah, oh. I guess that's fine. It does feel like outwit should be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's fine.
2: <laughs> you're like i i guess
1: i can stand with it
3: i don't know i would uh, be curious what a better interpretation is
1: yeah I, mean, I just i i would just say just just get rid of them you know like get well, rid yeah. of the stratification and just be like have a free-for-all but yeah i could understand like yeah because outlast like how did you i mean i guess it could be it's the players literally saying like how you made it to day 39 but it just feels weird that it's so different from the other two, which are more discussion heavy. Mm-hmm.
3: And and Outlast does feel like the only time it's relevant would be like, oh, I don't know if I'm sitting next to a person who got voted out and then brought brought back in the game. But that turned out to not be a good
1: tactic. Yeah, exactly. Like they didn't, they didn't care about Outlast in that case.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, it
2: doesn't matter. It's fine. We'll vote for him to win anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh john john says i hate it when a survivor player says they're playing with honor and integrity because we all know that is not in the game
2: mm, but uh but honor but integrity
1: <laughs> exactly like luckily we don't have mateship from australian survivor but yeah I, I could understand how that especially 20 years on it could get in someone's grill. parker schimler says a survivor phrase that i hate is we're pulling you from the game and I don't know if it's the circumstances behind it. I don't know if it's the use of verb. I guess the use of the verb "pull," but I, I don't know. Is there an alternate we can come up for instead of saying we're pulling you from the game?
2: We're. Do you want to make it sound good? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, you were. Let's let's cushion the blow for them. Right,
2: like we're taking a. Uh, uh, you get a vacation, a uh, permanent vacation from the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: Uh, you're going to a better place, maybe. You're going
3: yeah. To- <laughs> yeah, no, not that. <laughs> yeah, everything well, I mean, I'm pa- thinking about sounds harsher. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, or like, oh, you get to take a break from your tribe members. You get to take a, a break from the a hiatus from the game.
2: Yeah, permanent. Yeah, permanent hiatus. Hooray, <laughs> right, yeah, that's what everybody wants. Is like TV shows and like on you're, a permanent hiatus. Eight,
1: you're on paid leave from the season of survivor Yeah, right
2: hey hey caleb you're
3: going home <laughs> you're going home buddy it's all gonna be okay yeah i don't know it's hard mm.
1: uh, uh, noah who i should say uh noah was the one who uh, was able to connect us so thank you for noah for connecting sure, uh, my, thank us you, noah. Uh, but noah says i hate it when people say in the game of survivor So this was talked about a little bit uh, with Rob and Gabby a few weeks ago with like that as a blank. And yeah, this is another like really awkward introduction that's used a lot in confessionals. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, you got to wonder if that is um, producers guiding people into that or if it's like a vocal tick that people develop themselves on the island. (sighs) Oh, that's a good
2: question, right? It's like, oh, can you define this within the game or something like that? Because I love the fact that it implies that it's it this whatever I'm about to talk about does not apply outside of Survivor. Like, this is just something that simply lives within Survivor. But yeah, I have watched a lot of uh, Survivor. All all, this is all stas, the AU. uh,
1: Oh, now you pull out her accent. Well, yeah, but
2: that's because all I can hear is, is in Tarzan's voice. And like, there's definitely the production, you know, like I think AK talked about this, like a production says, Okay. Okay, but say that again. But say this is all stars, you know, and then you have to talk about it again. So maybe that's like okay, say that again. But say in the game of Survivor.
1: But like, I don't understand the purpose of it unless they're trying to cater to like those who have short-term memory loss or those (laughs) who just didn't like. They know what show they're watching, right?
3: Yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I think someone, maybe some intrepid viewer with all the time that we'll have off will be able to like watch Survivor and I want people to come up with like a list of commandments from the people who said in the game of Survivor so we could come up with like a rule system for Survivor. No offense to David Bloomberg right? Because if, if, if people say in the game of Survivor, to your point Liana, it means that it's only for the game of Survivor. But It almost sounds like you're creating like an edict right? Of like mm. in the game of Survivor you must do this.
2: Mm. Yes, like the the Ron Clark rules but for Survivor. Who would have thought? <laughs> if only we the could Jeff have rules. Yeah, the Jeff probes rules. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Somebody do that. Not me. I'm too lazy. Oh, it depends. Depends how bad sequ- or uh, you know quarantine goes. and I might be going back pulling all those quotes.
1: Uh, Dan Senensky says, "Draw a line in the sand." Ugh. I know it's not just a Survivor phrase, but it's so dumb. It's sand. Just erase the line and draw a new one.
2: yeah i've never understood that one because it was like it's sand right it's exact thing, same thing it's like oh you can just uh you just you just wipe your foot over it and it goes away like it's not it's supposed to be temporary or maybe that's what it is and i've just been misinterpreting the phrase the entire time
1: well i don't know because i think now we've had major escalations of like i remember from survivor worlds apart it's like we're taking a chainsaw to the line and like just all these really graphical interpretations of it where like you said it's sand you know it's the like the sands of the hourglass you know these are the days of our lives it's Mm -hmm. going to inevitably turn over again and become anew. so i guess maybe using something like concrete is more substantial but also the the concrete does not exist in this jungle maybe you could use something about trees like because trees take a long time to grow back
2: oh like if you cut it's a crack in the tree oh no you can't use crack it's a line in the tree
1: (laughs) i don't know like like today we're cutting down a tree uh you know so that some things won't grow underneath it
3: oh okay interesting i thought you meant like we're gonna use trees to demarcate land instead of lines and, and i was like okay i'm following maybe
2: <laughs> yeah like um okay oh we're gonna plant the tree in the sand
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and we'll give it a little while but yeah. eventually you'll get one hell of a fence all right uh let's see logan l says i hate that they always call people a challenge beast you win like one damn challenge and or have one ab and people call you a challenge beast and target you if you win like three or four challenges then you are a challenge beast but enough with that title
2: hmm one ab (laughs) what do you think we should (laughs) call people a challenge goose that's it yeah yeah
1: yeah and then people could try to figure out like the g-o-a-t acronym what g-o-o-s-e stands for
2: yes across stick it up baby
1: greatest one opportunity (laughs) sans elimination
2: oh perfect (laughs) perfect rolls off the tongue
1: it really does Mm -hmm. but yeah i i mean i think this is more so like uh obviously a perspective thing than anything right of like this person's a challenge beast and they've only won like one challenge, but I guess it is more of like a look thing. If you look relatively athletic, people will be like, challenge beast, I'm calling it, I'm putting down the challenge beast before they they mutate and grow into a bigger monster.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and even if they aren't even suited for, like even if you just look athletic, you're like labeled as a challenge beast.
1: Exactly. Uh, Finally, Josh Green says, the phrase that annoys me the most is, this will be one of the biggest comebacks in the history of Survivor, because of the actual comebacks that Jeff never acknowledges.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, we've, gotten that a couple, a t-
1: we've gotten that a couple times this season. I mean, remember back during the, uh, the key challenge when Adam was able to finally grab the key and Sele caught up, that Jeff was like, this is one of the biggest comebacks in Survivor history. Or like, this is one of the biggest blowouts we've ever seen. When, obviously, with hundreds of challenges, uh, it might make, like, the top 10, but might be a bit over the top.
3: survivor's greatest hype man yeah so many of these feel less like people are bothered by the phrase and more like they wish that we were uh, more judicious in our execution (laughs) of them
1: which I agree with
2: throwing it around willy nilly yeah 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 (laughs) yeah.
1: so Mm. for next week there was a really weird moment I get what Jeff is talking about but when Selle sat down in tribal council this episode Jeff says Wendell Every season of Survivor ends up having a theme. Can you feel one starting to unfold? Now, logically, you could say, yes, the theme is literally all winners, uh, but you know, then it became this larger thing of like, I think the season's about history. So what we're asking people for next week to do is come up with sort of like uh, an unconscious theme. Of the season so like obviously Survivor Amazon is men versus women but like what is the theme of that season you know what's like the Aesop's fable I suppose like heroes versus villains the theme is like evil will always defeat good because good is dumb you know like liana we 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 made like a whole season of of themes on edge of extinction
2: yeah right i i think i'm excited to see what people come up with because i much like you illustrated with heroes versus villains i think there's a lot of a lot of ideas here to be mined
1: and unfortunately liana is going to have to ruminate on these themes not on mic, because unfortunately Liana will not be joining us next week. She's not gone forever. She just will not be here next week.
3: Peace, bitches. <laughs> what a weird way to reveal if this was her last episode. I know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this is the end of it. And she did it without giving me an accent, and I'm still mad about it. So this is her last episode. You're taking a permanent leave, Liana, from, from the B. <laughs> oh
2: no. This is your way of saying I've been fired. I knew it. I knew it. No,
1: no, no, no. But Liana will be gone just for next week we have brought in a very fun themed episode we have a theme to next episode in her stead so nicole i don't know if you know about this i don't know how much our larger audience knows about this but there are dedicated youtubers who report solely on survivor and big brother and other reality shows and next week we are bringing on two of the best in the game we're bringing on peridium who is uh, someone who has appeared on the b a couple times, and we're happy to welcome back to the b or to the b for the first time a uh, YouTube channel called Once Upon an Island. As we're being socially isolated and looking for things to do to fill our time, I very, very much recommend Survivor fans, if you have not checked out these accounts yet on YouTube, please do. They're offering weekly stuff, really big deep dives, very well done videos. So we're going to bring them on to get their thoughts about the season, maybe do a little bit of uh, YouTuber-adjacent stuff, Who's to say, but I'm excited to bring them both on. You can check out their accounts in advance. Uh, there's once upon an Island, like once upon a time, but Island instead and Peridium P E R I D I A M. So we'll be reviewing your answers to your themes of the week uh, with those two. Make sure to send us your answers to the question of the week using hashtag R H A P B N B the letter B, the letter N the letter B email them to us. R H A P B N B at gmail.com or put it out there on the internet. We'll be able to pick it up somehow. But for now, Nicole, this was a thoroughly enjoyable episode of Survivor, but I dare say even a more enjoyable episode of the RHAP B&B. You were so fun to have on. I apologize for putting you through the ringer with those food quotes, but you were a great guest to have.
3: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I had a wonderful time. So thank you for having me.
1: If people want to catch up with what you may be doing both on and off screen, is there a social media account or a project you encourage people to follow?
3: Nope. Um, uh, my Instagram is private and I've officially done with Twitter. Uh, I have a website, I guess. And if I ever do anything again, I'll try to put it on there. Um I do host a podcast. It's on ice indefinitely, maybe forever, but it's still uh, listenable. So if you want to check out Inbox, the podcast on Audio Boom, you can. And there's plenty to listen to.
1: What, what's that podcast involve? Uh,
3: it is my co-host and I, Matt Straub, uh, bring a guest on every week and they let us look at their email and their text <laughs> messages and all that good stuff
1: my and game how, and, idea was, and <laughs> yeah. how many friendships do you maintain after every episode of this podcast it's an
3: excellent question uh some
2: <laughs> oh god uh, i'm like terrified i know that that will never happen to me right but like now i'm terrified of what's in my
1: email <laughs> yeah, don't be amb- ambushed on your podcast yeah uh, all right that that is super i'm excited <laughs> to check all that out uh liana what do you have going on the larger podcast fair before you take a, a brief one-week break from the b b
2: Okay, yes. So, Puya uh, and I are potentially going to be doing the Mass Singer due to coronavirus traveling stuff. Look, it, we, we'll be back absolutely for sure next week. We will cover the episode. We may just do a double episode. We may put it out late. I don't know, to be 100% honest with y'all. So, anyway, hopefully that will be out soon. But I am getting together with uh, Brent Wolgamont and Amon Adwin to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race to talk about the Ball Ball. So I'm looking forward to that. That should be out soon. And then I got um, together with my sister to talk about episodes 5, 6, and 7 of Lego Masters uh, of on Fox. So that one should be out in the reality TV or Half Ups feed, which we had a ton of fun breaking down everything from bridges to buildings to storybook characters, Mr. Book Chicken. It was a lot of fun. Um, so look out for those podcasts coming out or already out oh Oh, that's yes
1: Mm-mm. Well, that's the term we should use instead of goat or lamb is book it's, chicken.
2: Yes, it's Mister Book Chicken the Taker Waker. It was fun. They did uh, they did the storybook episode where they had kids play Mad Libs, which is obviously very near and dear to my heart. So that was uh, that was really enjoyable. And then you can find me on social media. Um, my handle on Twitter is at Liana R H A P. So Oh um, I, I know, I know, I I changed it because here is the deal: your girl is a Professional in the science community, and people actually do use Twitter on science uh, for science related reasons. And then people start following me like my professional career people, friends, and colleagues. And when I tweet stupid stuff, <gasps> <laughs> like, la, 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 Tyson eating peanut butter, laugh emoji, gif of peanut butter. Like, that's not something I really need all of my um, my professional colleagues seeing. So right. I Right, you, you don't want streams. them to
1: essentially inbox you.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can follow me at Liana Boris, but that will be for theoretically science content one day. But I will still be tweeting dumb stuff at Liana R-H-A-P.
1: Uh, You can always follow me at a Mike Bloom type. You can check out the interviews I've been doing every week with people who have played with the winners. As I mentioned, I got to talk with Eric Reichenbach about Parvati's game this season. Very interesting insights from Eric. Still TBD on the Sandra one. I have my fingers crossed, but uh, at least I have one to sort of fill your eyes uh, for the foreseeable future until we do the whole thing again. I'm also covering from an audio perspective, Star Trek Picard over on Post Show Recaps as well as Lost Down the Hatch. We not only uh, put out an episode early in the week, but we are putting out a very special episode to fill your feeds coming out soon. On top of that, Top Chef came back as well, so lots of good stuff going on. But that's going to do it this week for the B&B. Thank you all so, so much for listening. I know Know that uh, with new behaviors coming into play, that podcast listening has sort of been thrown into the wind. So for those of you that have decided to check out our silliness week after week, it really, really is appreciated we're going to be back next week again with peridium and once upon an island for our survivor 40 youtube special here on the bnb i am super excited to subscribe to that particular podcast special thanks to scott st pierre for editing all of this behind the scenes paul ossesson our head writer and Wolf from america for our theme song fun fact i learned this week that our theme song is a little over 30 seconds long so if you want to wash your hands and then some just sing our lovely song in your head and you'll be able to feel clean and musical at the same time. If you have any game ideas, write it into us, RHAPBNB at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening and sending your answers as per usual. We'll check you out at your next day.
0: Mike and on gather playing some games. You pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. and like i'm got to play in some games you gotta pray to your mama that they're not super late and if that all sounds cool i can tell you the name it's the r h a you can say for free